It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. I regret to inform you that I am back. My name is Joe Dolan. I'm back on the Franchise Focus Series here at FantasyPoints.com and the Fantasy Points Podcast. I want to thank Tom, uh, Tom Graham, Scott Barrett, everybody who stepped up to contribute in my absence, went up up north for a wedding. I live in South Carolina, so it was a 10-11 hour drive. It knocked out two days completely in addition to the days that I was up there for the wedding. We had a great time. It was good to see Tom I am back, and it's I'm just getting over my hangover, Joe. Oh, my lanta. So, Tom, so we went to the groom's, uh, uh, excuse me, it was the bride's parents' house to drop off our tuxes the next morning. Now, I knew Tom was out late because my wife and I walked back from the bar at about midnight after the wedding. And Tom, Tom, and and our friend TJ were out uh, tying one on with with. Uh, yeah, we you guys went left and we we veered right. Yeah, so we went home because I knew we had to go down. We were going to see my in laws, and you know, I just wanted to make sure I was I was feeling at least okay the next. Day. I actually ended up feeling great, but Tom ended up going out with the uh, with the groom's aunt, closed down a bar, and uh, Tom oh walked into the to yeah. the bride's parents house Graham the next morning to drop our tuxes off so we walk in that that's how you know that the groom often will take the tuxes back um so we walked in I walked in with my tux and Tom walks in to um to the bride's parents house for like a little breakfast there he walks in carrying his tux um, he has sunglasses on, which he refused oh, yeah. to take Wasn't off. Wasn't taking the sunglasses <laughs> off. They were, they were banged up, the eyes they weren't looking too good. Um, and, uh, the tuxedo was pulled in the bottom of a bag like it had rigor mortis. Like, I mean, or a liver mortis. Somebody taught me that one a long time ago. That's all they're going to do at the tuck shop anyway. They're yeah. going to ball it up and throw it in the wash. So yeah, exactly. I'm not going to waste five minutes putting them back on a rack and, you know, put, you know, making sort they're folded and stuff. My buddy taught me that a long time ago. So that's smart, you, yeah. You can pin that one. That's just... That's knowledge there. That's street knowledge. But I was not taking the glasses off. Oh my god! Oh. It's red as uh, he was just like be there. He so was Tom, so you uh, hard, you had your tux in a body bag, and then you you felt like you needed to be in a body bag. Oh yeah, I had to drive two hours home from Scranton to State College, and it was. Ew. Oh, it was a tough drive. I just set it on cruise control and just uh, hold on back. And <laughs> I had the worst meal of my life at Burger King on the way back. <laughs> uh, it was just drenched in ketchup and mayonnaise. I, I, like, I cannot wait for this hangover to be over. But I am good to go now, guys. Oh, there you go. I mean, it was uh, like it was one of those hangovers, Graham. And I was a good boy this weekend. Uh, I, I didn't feel I didn't feel bad at all on on Sunday morning. But um, it was one of those hangovers, Graham, where I just looking at Tom made me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I have been there before plenty of times. <laughs> I mean, it was, those it two was, to those two to three day hangovers are not, like it messes everything up. It messes your yeah, stomach yeah. up. I, I even woke like, up Monday. I'm like, worse. man, I'm still feeling a little bit off here. <laughs> I mean, it's it crazy. Was, you know, it's crazy I'm the difference. Go, baby. It's crazy the difference between what you can do when you're like 21 in college like your senior year as compared to like now like even now i'm 27 now and i can yeah, i was gonna I say Graham, wait till you get to your washed. mid-30s <laughs> oh. 
I used to do, you know, what I did that Saturday after the wedding, I, I did that all the time in my 20s. Uh, yeah. Well, we can't hang with the big dogs anymore. We can still do the Saturday, Tom. It's the Sunday that's the problem. You can still try to do the Saturday. So, anyway, it was a fun time, guys. Um, I, I think we'd rather talk about hangovers than talk about the New England Patriots offense. But that's what we're going to do today <laughs> here on the Franchise Focus uh, podcast. And we're talking Patriots as, uh, again, we've been making it through the NFL teams. I guess, guys, we're going to be able to get to Green Bay and Denver here pretty shortly. I still have no idea what to do with Houston. Um, uh, just uh, with the Deshaun Watson situation, we'll wait till the end for them. I mean, they suck for fantasy anyway, so we'll wait. Yeah, he was taking snaps at safety, and you know uh, they were talking. What? Not to go too off track. What are they doing? Like, why is he even there? Like, is it strictly just to like judge what the public will do? He's under contract. I mean, there's no NFL investigation. I mean. I don't no, know. I know, but just like what? What is the benefit of having him there? I, I, I don't. I mean, know. they could just say, "Hey, hey, you have an excused absence." Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, Watson would have I to. I mean, pay I guess fines. maybe they think like if they, he's there, maybe that helps his trade value. You know, he's out. Yeah, you know, he's out doing things. True. That, that's the only thing I can think of. But true. And if you know the Texans would have to waive all those fines, like if you were to to miss because yeah. you get yes. fined, you know. I mean, uh, it's obviously day, makes sense for him to be there. I mean, if he gets fined, thousand, like, so anyway, we'll talk about Deshaun yeah. Watson when that, if that bridge comes, oh, I don't know if it's going to, um, we could be in a holding pattern until next year for Deshaun Watson, but let's talk New England Patriots. Um, obviously a team that was in transition last year. They missed the playoffs last year for the first time since 2008, which coincidentally was also their last season when Tom Brady was not under center for them. That because of an injury, not because he was playing for another team, but the markets are a little more optimistic this year, Tom, on the New England Patriots than they were, uh, or or than at least maybe you might think based on last year. Their season win total is set at nine with minus juice to the over, minus 133, plus 350 to win the AFC East, plus 140 to make the playoffs, so they're short underdogs to make the playoffs, plus 1,600 to win the AFC, and plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl, Tom. Um, and, and I think a lot of this, quite frankly, has to do with Bill Belichick. Like, you, you just don't see Bill Belichick losing too many games. You feel like he's going to fix things. They had a ton of opt-outs on the defensive side of the football because of COVID last year. Those guys are back. Um uh, the markets expect this to be a better team. And frankly, the Patriots did spend a lot of resources to improve this offseason. Yeah, not, like nothing we've seen you know, basically before from the Patriots. I mean, they went out, I think it was up over $200 million they spent in free agency. And, uh, you know, they revamped this entire roster. And, you know, they bring in guys like uh, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. So, you know, that receiving core was one of the worst last year. Uh, it's going to look totally different now. They they trade for Trent Brown uh, to solidify this offensive line. They, they did lose Joe Tooney a little bit, but it's still going to be one of the better offensive lines in the league. And this defense, it, it still played fairly well last year, even though the offense kept putting them in terrible spots. Uh, and it's, you know, got some reinforcements. Dante Hightower will be back from his opt-out. Uh, and they spent some money on that side of the ball as well. They got Matt Judon from the, the Ravens. Uh, Jalen Mills, uh, Kyle Van Noy, Davon uh, Gougeau. Uh, so, I mean, it's it, everything is kind of in place for this team. Uh, the only real big question marks are at quarterback. They they did get the quarterback it, with the 15th overall pick in Mac Jones. We'll see if he's ready to play. 
early this season, but uh, they're bringing back Cam Newton, and it, it was not not very good results from him last year. Was he was awful. He was the league, basically the league's worst passer. Um, we'll see if there's anything left in the tank, but at least they have some sort of backup plan behind them. Uh, you know, maybe they'll give him a few starts, see how he looks. Uh, but it's probably going to be Mac Jones time at some point by the end of the year. Yeah, Graham, what's your read on this quarterback situation? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. from a fantasy perspective, Graham, Cam Newton was actually a useful quarterback last year, despite being awful, which just goes to show you the power of running quarterbacks. The problem is, though, his presence just completely sucked the fantasy relevance away from literally everybody else. Like, there was nobody who was appealing on this team. I'm with Tom. I do expect we're going to see Mac Jones at some point here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and while Mac Jones would be, an ex- I mean, just an excessively boring fantasy quarterback on his own, I feel like it might open up some relevance for other players around here, and we'll get to that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the biggest question with this offense. You know, last year, um, when I was going through the pace and tendencies for, you know, this team, it's obviously it's kind of a shock just looking at, you know, comparing the Brady years to this offense and what it was last year. But the Patriots were the most run heavy team in all game situations when they were uh, when they were ahead, when they were behind, when the game was close, they were running the hell out of the ball. And I have to wonder if, you know, if Mac Jones and when he takes over, um, what they're going to do, like what this offense is going to look like in terms of, are they going to keep with the super, super run heavy ways, or are they going to open this thing up a little bit? But, um, you know, I think you kind of alluded to it. That's really the question for this offense in the running game, because Cam had 22 carries inside the five last year. That was third most among all players. Like that's up there with like Zeke and Dalvin cook in terms of touchdown upside near the goal line. Um, and, you know, whether or not it's Cam, whether or not it's Mac, I think that's kind of the question for for Damian Harris and even James White to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to uh, get my inner Mills Lane on here. Uh, we were talking uh, off, uh, off air about uh, our opinions of Damian Harris, who is getting a ton of camp hype from uh, Bill Belichick. A beat writers uh, were talking about Damian Harris in May. Um, Mike Reese came on the um, came on the fantasy football uh, morning show. He was on with me and I believe uh, Adam Kaplan. Uh, and uh, I asked him about Damian Harris, and he said this guy is far and away the number one running back on the team. Bill Belichick has gone out of his way to praise him, and right now we're looking at a guy who's sitting with like an eighth round ADP, a very affordable RB three. Graham, you are in. Tom, you aren't in so much. Graham, I'm going to start with you, and then I'm going to step away and let Tom give his counter-argument. I'm fascinated by this because, to me, this could be a pretty pivotal player to executing several strategies. Like, if if you can get a really good RB3 in the eighth round, that really helps any strategy where you might want to load up on wide receiver early. Graham, this is – the floor is yours. Let's hear the case for Damian Harris. Yeah, so I guess it really just comes down to like, if Cam is the starter, then Harris probably doesn't have any, if it, like, he has very little touchdown upside, like six to seven, if you prorate that out over, you know, 17 games. But if we do get Mac Jones early, and I kind of do think we get Mac Jones a lot earlier than people are expecting, uh, Mac ain't running inside the five. It'll be Damian Harris getting the majority of those carries. Um, In the 10 games that that Harris played last year, he got 60% of the Patriots. Uh, running back carries, so that doesn't include Cam. So he got 60% of those carries. 
Uh, Sony Michelle was hurt, but I, I think we kind of see the writing on the wall with Sony Michelle. He only played three times in those 10 games that Harris was, was active, but the writing's on the wall. I think they're going to move on from Sony Michelle. They didn't give him the fifth year tender, which wasn't a surprise, but they did draft Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson, I think to replace him. Stevenson's going to play some special teams for them this year. Um, Right now, Dame Harris is going to get all of the number one starter touches in camp. Stevenson's dealing with some sort of injury. I haven't really seen what the uh, designation is. He, he kind of popped up randomly on the PUP list earlier this week. Um, so Stevenson's going to miss some time. Right now, it's Harris's backfield. Man. It's Harris's backfield, and you know we know what James White's role is. He's a you know passing down uh, player only. And um, yeah, I, I just think Harris probably has more upside than. Um, more draft than, than drafters are giving him credit for. I mean, like you mentioned, he's a, a linchpin, like RB three target for me and like that eighth, ninth round range. And it's kind of not a great, it's not a great range to be drafting in. I mean, the receiver pull drafts up, uh, dries up quarterback dries up tight ends, pretty sketchy. Um, I just think it kind of makes sense to go after some, uh, you know, touchdown equity with, with Harris on the, you know, event that Mac Jones starts earlier than we think. Yeah. I, I just don't, I, I just I, I guess it all comes down on the touchdown upside with Damian Harris and yeah. I just don't see it as much as you guys. I, I guess I, I see Cam Newton getting a fair share of starts this year. Uh, and even when Mac Jones, you know, gets you know, eventually gets starts in probably the second half of the year, I, I still think Cam could be a factor down by the goal line. I, I think, you know, once they sure. get to inside that two yard line, he's gonna come in as the goal line back. He's been one of the best all time uh, at the quarterback position, finishing at the goal line. I, you know, it's the old Jacoby Brissett uh, formation that the the Colts were using. So I don't think he'll be totally dead, even if Mac Jones uh, comes in the lineup. I, I think he'll get opportunities down at the goal line. And, you know, we're going to really be counting on the touchdown upside for Damian Harris. He's got to, mm-hmm. he's got to hit eight or 10 touchdowns to really come through. Uh, with where he's being drafted because, you know, we know James White is going to dominate all the passing game work here. And I guess, I, I, you know, I also see Michelle hanging on this roster. I mean, say what you want about him, but, you know, he he did his did play kind of his best last year. Uh, you know, I, even if he's just getting, you know, six to eight carries a game and, you know, if Ramondre Stevens is still in, you know, still in the act here a little bit. So, uh, I, I just I just don't see the the huge upside here uh, with Damian Harris. I do I do I'm I, I'm in agreement with you guys that he's clearly the best runner at this point, um, but I, I just don't see the upside with the touchdowns as as much as you guys. Well, let's start another argument here, Tom. Maybe it's not an argument. Maybe we'll have a concurrence here. Um, all, moving on from Damian Harris, who leads this team in targets, Tom? If you had to take a guess right now. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I had to take a guess, I'd probably say Jacoby Myers, but, um, you know, I, I think John U. Smith's going to be pretty tight with him. Uh, you know, he's kind of been the, the passing asset that I've been kind of targeting. I guess he goes, he goes off the board about 120, 140 picks in somewhere in that range. So uh, he's kind of the most intriguing to me because I think he was underutilized in Tennessee. And uh, we kind of saw last year at the beginning of the year, whenever he was free to do uh, what they wanted, you know, they, they were using him more in the passing game. And, uh, before he kind of got limited, uh, you know, as more as a pass blocker, um, you know, after Taylor, the injury, 
uh, you know, a couple weeks, uh, fifth or sixth week, you know, fifth, fifth or sixth week into the season there. So, um, you know, I, I like Johnu Smith. He's my favorite target of the group, but I probably lean towards Jacoby Myers getting the most targets. And, you know, he's another guy that's, you know, relatively cheap. You can get him, you know, well after 150 plus picks in, but, uh, you know, just didn't show any, uh, he was another guy that had no touchdown upside with Cam Newton throwing for just eight touchdown mm-hmm. passes last year. So, um, you know, I think I, I did his profile uh, for the focus and, uh, you know, he, he led the league in terms of like targets, receiving yards and catches without a touchdown last year. So uh, I would think that would change a little bit, but uh, I'll go Myers and Johnny Smith uh, one, two in terms of targets this year. What do you think, Graham? It's got- it's kind of crazy. Jacoby Myers has 85 catches and nearly 1,100 crew yards and zero touchdowns. He didn't score in 2019 either. Apparently, nice. he's allergic. I didn't. I didn't know that. But yeah, last year was really <laughs> tough because he yeah. had he had some nice games there and was pretty PPR relevant. But yeah, no he, was. he is free by the way, so he's one of those guys who is still now. People are starting to take notice, but on my best ball teams, yeah. I have Jacoby Myers as like a wide receiver six, a, an absolute ass load. Yeah, I've got the I, 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 Joe. You and I've been kind of lockstep on on Jacoby too. I I guess for managed leagues like season long, yeah. I kind of just get the feeling like we're not going to know when to yeah. start these guys like at all. Like it could be a Johnu week, it could be a Hunter Henry week, then it could be a Kendrick Bourne week. I just I don't know. I, I like them for you know the value that you, they provide in best ball is like you know Johnu is like totally a tight end two or that. three, but. I just don't really want anything to do with them to manage leagues. And I know that's like a, a cop out, mm-hmm. but it's really true. I mean, I, I just get the feeling that these, these guys are going to be so unpredictable in managed leagues. So by yeah, the way, I, I think it's just going to be a kind of a big rotation with this exactly. whole offense. And that's, that's yep. what kind of scares me. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but you know, so yeah, if you're doing an auction, I, I don't have a problem, you know, using a yeah. late pick, hoping you, hoping you strike gold. But yeah, if you're, you know, if you're expecting, uh, these guys to be real consistent. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and and um, I, I've actually doubled up with Patriot tight ends in best ball. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's a viable strategy, both if you're, like, waiting super late to try to get a tight end one out of them and also as, like, to tag team a tight end two. But, again, like, I, do, do I feel confident in saying that one of those guys is going to be better than the other. I mean, I'm I'm taking John and Smith earlier. I think Bill Belichick's comments just ring loudly in my head about how he views him as such a great after the catch with the ball in his hands kind of tight end. They're absolutely going to scheme stuff up for him. The question is, where is the volume there? And I think that is a valid question, guys. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, <laughs> Belichick back in like, I think it was that first Titans playoff game. Uh, not not the final Brady's game, but um, uh, the first Titans playoff game. I think after the game, he said something to the effect that like Johnny Smith is the most at, like the best tight end, uh, the best tight end after the catch, the most at, most athletically gifted tight end in the league, which was definitely saying something. And uh, the numbers back that up. I mean, Johnny has been that guy. He has a big hard on for uh, Hunter Henry too. He said some yeah. really nice stuff about him. Uh, along the way, so he's they were definitely two of his favorite targets in free agency, and uh, you know the money backs it up. I mean, what are they getting? Basically, both twelve million dollars a year. So, right, uh, they're they're they have some sort of plan for them. Uh, we'll see how it's unlocked. But um, yeah, to sum this all up, I, I think Cam Newton is the biggest black hole in fantasy football this year. Please get him out of the line, but as soon as possible to to unlock the rest of these guys in this offense. That's the perfect way to put it. He is a black hole. It's perfect. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys, that'll wrap up the New England Patriots. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Browley. Follow Graham on Twitter at Graham Barfield. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. 
Go to FantasyPoints.com where you can get the written version of these articles. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. We have tons of content coming in the month of August to help you absolutely crush your fantasy drafts, including the Fantasy Points Generator, our draft tool, our in-house draft tool that utilizes our projections, ADPs, to help you really make optimal selections at every stage of your draft. So, for Tom Bar- uh, Tom Tom Barfield. For, Tom Barfield. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, it's got a good Raleigh. ring to it, Tom. Yeah, yeah Tom Graham Barfield. Raleigh and Tom Barfield. Tom Barfield does have a great ring to it. All right. Well, that, that actually makes it a quicker exit. For Tom Barfield, I'm Joe Dolan. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. We will be back tomorrow to discuss New Orleans Saints. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.